John's Gospel, chapter 12. We're going to read a verse 37. Bless God. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, that they should not see with their eyes and understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah, or Isaiah, when he saw his glory and spake of him. That's what Maria was singing about at the end. Show us your glory. Let's pray. Father, you're magnificent. Jesus, altogether lovely. Help us to see you alone tonight. We sang about you. We've prayed about you. We've worshipped you. Now help us to see Jesus only. And glorify your name. Help me to speak about him, Father. Help me, Father, to speak about your only begotten. And let us see him. High and lifted up. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord Jesus is teaching, preaching, miracles, signs, wonders, are being done from his hands. And the Apostle John, this young man is watching him. He's awestruck at Christ, at this wonderful figure of a man whom he's come to know and to love. And as he watches the Lord Jesus ministering among the people and doing all these marvelous things and listens to what he says, he can understand why men do not believe in him. It's very obvious they can't believe in him because God had blinded their minds and they had blinded their hearts that they wouldn't see or hear. These men who had gathered around, there were those who were seeing and hearing and coming to faith in Christ, but these ones were critics. They were of the Pharisees. He called them a brood of vipers and of the seed of, of the devil. He says, you can't hear because my father has closed your ears. He's covered your heart that you can't see and you can't hear. Am I speaking to someone tonight and for a long time God has been speaking to you? God has been dealing with you. And he's been gracious and kind to you to allow you to hear his word, to open your heart and open your eyes that you may see, yet you've walked away from the preacher or the person who's been testifying or witnessing of his glory. Friend, if it's you tonight, and God has been dealing with you in such a way, then my advice to you is this, is to call upon the name of the Lord that you may be saved. When should I be saved? Right now. Behold, now is the accepted time, and now is the day of salvation. You see, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth, and tomorrow may be too late. These men find themselves 
without God, without Christ, without hope in the world. Hardened hearts and blinded eyes. Yet when John is looking at him, he can see nothing but him. You see, that's the difference in the true redeemed heart of the child of God. No matter what's going on, no matter who's there, no matter whether there's others around, all we can see is him. All we want is him. All we admire is him. All we adore is him. All we love is him. And here John looks at him and realizes it dawns heavily upon his mind and upon his heart. And as he watches Jesus healing the sick, and the deaf are hearing, the, the dumb are speaking, the blind are seeing, the dead are raised to life. He's feeding the multitudes and so many more miracles. And as he's watching all of this, suddenly it even comes to John's heart and John's mind. Is, this is the one whom Isaiah saw. This is the one whom Isaiah saw in his glory. This is the one whom Isaiah spoke about. This man here before me is the one who revealed himself to the prophets. Peter says, to him. Not to church, friend. Which church saves? No church saves. No Protestant denomination, if we can call it, saves. CET here cannot save. The Catholic Church does not save and cannot save. Which church saves? None save. Only Christ alone can save. And here he sees him and he realizes this is the one to him. Not even to the apostles. Not to an angel in heaven. Not to one of the, the patriarchs, oh, Father Abraham, nor Isaac, nor Jacob. He didn't say to, to them, give all the prophets witness, but to this one. Peter says to him, to Christ, give all the prophets witness. You see, he revealed himself unto Israel and under, under the apostles, and the, or the, pardon me, the prophets beforehand. And Peter the apostle, now he's saying, he, he is the one who all the prophets have spoken about. John looks at him in his wonder, his beauty, his glory, and his majesty. And as he sees him, filled and clothed in flesh, he sees there's something about him. It's like Nicodemus in John chapter 3, who comes to him by night. And under the guise of the, the darkness of night, Nicodemus comes and says, No man can do the things that thou doest, except God be with him. There's something about you. There's something about this one. There's something about this man. There's something about him. And friends, we're going to look at it tonight. Glory's about him. Deity is him. He is the Son of God. He is deity clothed and wrapped in humanity. And there he stands in the midst of sinful men and women with sicknesses and diseases, full of sin and idolatry. And he comes in love and he lays his hands upon them. He speaks his word to them. And he teaches them the things of glory. And he brings that wonderful news that you and I have heard. The gospel of our salvation. The gospel of our salvation. John sees him. And John watching him says, This is the one whom Isaiah saw. And I'm watching him now. These things said Isaiah, or Isaiah, when he saw him and spake of his glory. Notice, he saw him and he spake. 
You see, the true heart that's been redeemed, the man and the woman who have fully, truly, wholeheartedly come to saving faith in Christ and know him can do nothing else but speak about him. Even whenever you're in the midst of troubled times, even in the hardships and even in your places of work when everyone is against you, none other but Christ will do. And the heart says, the heart of the man and the woman who have come to saving faith and knowing him, they say, I want to tell you about the one who's greater than all. I want to tell you about the one who came to save your soul. I want to tell you about the one who paid your debt, who went to the cross and, and bare away your sin in his own body on the tree and took our transgressions from us. I want to tell you about Jesus. There's none other will do. There is none else. The old saying is beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And John says that Isaiah saw his glory. Oh, Isaiah's eye was full of beauty. He's seen him and his eye was full of beauty. The beauty of Christ. You see, you and I think of beauty and we look at the beauty of creation. Even though it's fallen, it's still beautiful, isn't it? You and I look at the beauty of the stars and its for, their formations and, and the colors and the splendor of them and their glories that God has given them. We look around the earth, the, the sky, we see the trees, the mountains, the grass and, and all those things that are lovely to our view and to our vision. And beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You might enjoy a landscape more than a seascape or vice versa. But nevertheless, we see the glories that they possess. How God has made them. We see the beauty of art. What man can do. Man's achievements, music, literature. We see the beauty in benevolent acts of kindness one to another. We see beauty in someone's character, yet we're all flawed. Every one of us are flawed. And everyone have failed. Even the earth has been cursed till Christ returns. Yet there's a beauty in it. I wonder what that glory and beauty will behold when we see him. When we see Jesus. So John looking, he sees him moving and healing. Listen, friend, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The same Jesus who healed. The same Jesus who taught. The same Jesus who loved. The same Jesus with power. The same Jesus in glory. God Almighty veiled in flesh. He is the same tonight as you're sitting in your seat. The same Jesus whom the angels worshipped in eternity is the same Jesus whom we worshipped here in CET tonight. The same Jesus who was worshipped around the throne that we'll see is the same Jesus whom Mark and Maria sang about and we all worshipped. He's the same one. Oh, glorified forever. Notice this. Here we see... John looking at him and then when we go to the book of Revelation, the last book of our Bible, what do we find? We find that John sees him again 
the resurrected, ascended, glorified Christ. When he sees him, he sees all of what heaven's glories are, or to the best of our abilities to know, God has given us it in his word that we would understand it. It's, it's greater than this. It's more than we could ever comprehend. And John, he sees all the splendors and the wonders. You know, Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11 says, He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Yes, he has. And I agree with that. You and I, we, we live in it. We enjoy it. We are thankful for it. We're grateful for it. But, but there's nothing as beautiful. There's nothing as glorious. There's nothing as magnificent as the glory of Christ. Nothing like him. He's eternal, not created. Timeless, not temporal. And John would write in Revelation 21 and verse 1. Listen what John saw. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. What did John see? A new heaven and a new earth. What did John see? He saw New Jerusalem. Now, it's not a big city coming down, a literal spaceship or something that you hear people say. It is the redeemed bride of Christ. And he's seen the glory of it. But that glory is not their own, but the glory that comes from Christ alone. Here he says, I saw Revelation 22 and verse 1. He says, he showed me. I saw, in other words, he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And although John looks around, as it were, heaven and, and sees many, even those symbolic gestures, he sees wonders, he sees elders, creatures, the tree of life. He speaks of party gates and golden streets and seraphim, cherubim and angels. He sees precious stones. And as I said, he sees the bride, the lamb's wife, the redeemed of God. He's seen it all. John looked at it and the glory of it, and he's seen it all. But the most wonderful, glorious, beautiful, powerful, majestic vision that he had, it says he saw Jesus. He saw him. I'll tell you, when Christ returns, we're changed. The dead are raised incorruptible. And we were alive and remain are caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And we root and reign with him. When we're changed, you know, the, I want to see my loved ones, all my family that are dead and gone and lost, are, 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 are lost to me, but in him are dead and gone. I want to see them in that day. I want to see my mom's face, and I want to see my dad. I want to see my sisters. I want to see them. I want to look at them. I want to see them in the, the beauty and the grace and the glory of God. On I want to see it, but I'll tell you what I want to see. I want to see Christ. I want to see the face of Jesus. Here, Revelation 5 and verse 6 says, John writes, And I beheld, or I saw, I beheld and lo, notice in the midst of the throne of the, of the, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb that had been slain. John says, I, I, I seen this throne, and I seen elders, and I seen beasts, and I seen all the goings on around this glory. And suddenly, out of everything, out of all the creatures and out of all the elders and 
out of all the angels and the seraphim, the cherubim, everything that's created in glory and the river of crystal water and the tree of life and all these things that we read about, John seen it all, but then he says, oh, you know what I've seen that really stirred my heart and caused me to sit up and look? I saw the Lamb! I saw Him! Oh, John, you're blessed. He is, but you know, our blessing's coming. Jesus says, blessed are you who have not seen and yet believed. Oh, we're blessed people tonight, Christian. Believer, you're blessed. Blessed in your soul. And you're blessed for eternity. Notice this. Among it all, he sees a lamb and it stood. He sees a wounded lamb that is alive. It was dead, now it's alive. He's seen, in other words, the crucified Son of God who has been resurrected from the dead. Notice it stood, but it had the nail prints. The lamb stood alive and living, and where was he? On the throne. On the throne. Notice it tells me that he who is God in flesh is he who is God glorified in heaven. The one who was nailed to the tree who bore our sin. It is he who is over all God. Oh, we see much about this. And we see how John writes more. Revelation 5 and 8. The four, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. Verse 12. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them. Heard I, say, heard I saying... Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. <laughs> Revelation 7, 17 tells us that Jesus is the Lamb in the midst of the throne. Revelation 7 and 14 says that you and I, if we're to be washed in the blood, we have our garments washed white. It's in the blood of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, listen, says that if you're going to overcome the devil, your adversary, your opponent, your serious offender, if you're going to overcome him, listen to what he says. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Listen, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Here he's saying, I've seen them washed in the blood. Are you washed in the blood tonight? Are you washed in the blood? Are you saved? Oh, Ken, you get so excited. Oh, you're right, because he saved me. That's why I get excited. I get excited because he has taken me up also out of a horrible pit. <laughs> Hallelujah. And from the merry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock and he's established my goings. He's put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and shall fear and shall trust in the Lord, saith the psalmist, saith Ken Davidson. <laughs> oh yes, I get excited about him. I get excited about Jesus because if someone can stand and look at a football... Hello? Come on, brothers. Some sisters. I don't want to be sexist there. 
If you can stand and look at a football and cheer on with your by your whole kit and your scarf above your head or swinging it around and you're, you're paying hundreds of pounds a year to go and see your favorite team and you can shout and cheer and get on because they've kicked a little ball into a net and pay, the, 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 pay, pay those whom you're going to see 100,000 a week or whatever it is. And when you can do that, if I can't do it through him, to him that saved me from a burning hell fire in the lake that burneth forever and ever, and he took my sin and bore it in his own body on the tree and shed his blood for me, then who else can I praise? Who else can you praise? Who else? I see them lining up to welcome pop stars into towns and so on. All different record signings. You see them all and they're screaming and they're fainting. Oh, but the church would be alive. Oh, but the church would come alive to Christ. Oh, but that we would cheer and we would yell as it were and we would praise and we would jump up and down that we would be glad when we come into the house of the Lord because we know what he has done for us. Oh, what a Christ he is. Brothers and sisters, we need to see him, not the man here. We need to see him. In all of glory, John says, I saw this and I saw that. And I saw all other things, but you know what I saw? He says, I saw him. It is true that the Lamb is all the glory in Emmanuel's land. You know what they're singing? And you know what we're going to be singing in the kingdom? We're going to be singing Revelation 15 and 3. The song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. We're going to be singing about Moses. Moses and deliverance coming out of Egypt with Israel. Moses and they stood around Mount Sinai. Moses goes up the mountain and comes down with the tablets of the law. And then we're going to be singing, look what God has done for us. Then we're going to be singing the song of the Lamb. We're going to be singing about Christ going up Mount Calvary. We're going to be singing about the grace of God found in our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be singing about the blood that he shed. We're going to be singing about the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. I'm going to be singing about him. Here's a wee hint. If we can't sing about him down here, when kingdom come, how are you going to sing about him there? <laughs> Here we find in Revelation 19 the picture of the coming Christ on his white charger and on his thighs wrote, written the word of God, a name that no man you Here he is, the word. You were the word in the beginning, we sang. One with God. He is God. Wasn't <laughs> he? He comes and on his garments is written, King of Kings. King of Kings. Notice this. We're told that the marriage supper will occur when Christ returns. The bride is taken to meet her bridegroom. Now listen, we're not going to just float off to heaven forever. Coming down to earth. He's setting up his kingdom. We're going to rule with him. We're going to reign with him. 
we're going to see his glory. He's going to change this vile earth. He's going to change the very stellar constellations. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And the redeemed of the Lord will be with him. Do you know the Lamb also has his own book? The Lamb's book of life. And John says in Revelation 13 and 8, he speaks of the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The book of the Lamb. The Lamb wasn't actually slain, but in the mind of God, it was already done. So Jesus didn't come that maybe you'll accept him or maybe you won't. (laughs) Jesus didn't come with the idea, well, I might fail in a few places here if people don't accept me. Not at all. He knew whom he was coming for. His own elect, his people. And he says, I will come and redeem them to myself. What if I'm not one of them? Oh, <laughs> that's why we're told, make your calling and your election sure. Come to Christ. Come to Christ. Notice this. It says that the Lamb is the light of the kingdom. There's no need of the sun and the moon and all these things. The Lamb's the light. The glory of Christ is going to light up the whole of his kingdom. And John sees all of this. And John writes in 1 John 1 and 4, In him, in Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. It couldn't overcome it. You see, brothers and sisters, light, darkness can only exist when there's an absence of light. Darkness can only exist in the absence of light. So if you're not shining your light for Christ, darkness will invade your workplace. Darkness will invade your home. Darkness will invade your community, your streets, or wherever you are. But when you stay strong and show your light for Christ, the darkness cannot comprehend it. Oh. You see, in all the darkness of the heavens, the the light of life, the light of the Lamb, the life of Christ in us lightens us up. And heaven is illuminated with his presence. Oh, John sees him now, and all the seraphim and the cherubim and the angels and the creatures and the river and and all the wonderful walls and the gates and the gold, and he mentions pearls, he goes through precious stones. And as he's mentioning all of this, All he can focus on is the Lamb. Oh, that ministers of the gospel would focus on the Lamb. Would focus on him. Christian, focus on the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. I love the words of Manny P. Ferguson's hymn. Fairest of all the earth besides, chiefest of all unto thy bride, fullness divine in thee I see, wonderful man of Calvary. That man of Calvary has won my heart from me and died to set me free. Blessed man of Calvary. Oh, I go on to write, comfort of all my earthly way. Jesus, I'll meet thee some sweet day. 
the center of glory the I see. Wonderful man of Calvary. That man of Calvary has won my heart from me and died to set me free. Blessed man of Calvary. John writes these things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Do you know, Revelation 19 and verse 10 tells us that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy comes, manifests himself unto Isaiah the prophet. <laughs> oh, glory. What does he see? sees Christ. Time would elude me for, and escape me to go through all of these, but let me go through one. Maybe I'll do a part two. We'll see how the Lord leads us. In Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, Isaiah writes, in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim, each one having two wings. And with twain he covers his face. And with twain he covers his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. That's what Isaiah saw. Who did Isaiah see? He saw Jesus in his pre-existence. Hallelujah. He looks and sees a full-orbed deity of Christ as he goes through the very book of Isaiah as he writes it. He sees Christ in his pre-existence. The word here I saw also the Lord is the word Adonai. He says, I, I saw Adonai. Do you know Isaiah was killed by Manasseh, the king of Judah, the southern kingdom? Do you know what he was killed for? Because he said he'd seen Jehovah or Yahweh. He comes and he can't help himself. He comes and he says, listen, Israel. Listen, Judah. He says, listen. He says, I saw the Lord. No Manasseh is wicked the king enough, and he sees him, and he kills him, and it's different. Some people think different things of how he died, but one say Manasseh stretched him between two horses and split him down the middle. Others say that he was sawn in half simply by a wooden saw, and others say that he hid in a, in a tree, a, a cedar tree. And, and the edge, the, the hem of his garment was, was, was out, and it was waving, as it were, in the wind. And that's how they found him as they searched for him. And they took the saw and cut him and tree in half, him inside the tree. Oh, there's another picture, a picture of Christ on the cross. The finished work is the hem of his garment. Here it says the blood of Isaiah poured out from the tree. Here Christ is hanging on the tree. Yahweh himself, veiled in flesh, the Son of God. Blood is poured out for us. You see, Adonai can mean different things. It's a idea, it's an emphatic plural name. It's emphatically plural. And what he's saying is, I saw the Lord. I saw this about him. I saw that about him. 
gives the idea, I saw, you listening? The king of kings. That's what he's saying. I saw the king of kings. John says, Isaiah saw him. John in Patmos, he looks at him and on the, on, the, on the island of Patmos he has this great vision and there he comes, Revelation 19, and on him is written, King of Kings! It's the one whom Isaiah saw. You see, Adonai has spoken in the place of Yahweh. It's a title that was given to display reverence and and that's why the submissive seraphims we have spoken about are crying out one to another, elevating him. Holy, holy, holy is an elevation of worship. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. This one is holy. Ah, sinner. And you think you'll stand before him. Those around our land who are showing their debauched forms of humanity. Going with the liberal agenda of God is love. Live how we like. And you think, because you like the way you live. You like your sin. You think you'll stand before this one. They'll tell me, Ken, how will you stand before him? I'll tell you, I'll stand before him. I'm going to stand before him under the blood. I'm going to stand before him clothed in his righteousness. I'm going to stand before him with his name in my head. Jesus. God has a name, you know. <laughs> his name is Jesus. And so... Isaiah saw him in his pre-existence. Isaiah saw him in his incarnation. Isaiah 7 and 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The whole virgin shall conceive and bear a son, shall call his name Emmanuel. And Isaiah sees all of this, this baby. How can God contract to a span? How can, how can this be possible? He writes in Isaiah 9 and verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. You listening? Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Matthew 1, 20, verses 22 and 23, the angel speaks of this and mentions this. And in Hebrews 2 and verse 16, listen what the Hebrew writer says of Christ. For he took not on him the nature of angels, but took on him the seed of Abraham. Let me finish with this one. We had seven of these. There's three. This is three. Our last one. I want to get Mark and Marie up. I want to worship him. I want to worship him. But you know, if you finish it off, listen, I want to worship him. He doesn't need to hate me to keep going on. I want to worship him. But this is why I want to do the last point. You'll understand it. Isaiah 53. Read verses 1 to 12 when you go home. But let's look at verses 4 to 6. 
Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Listen, I was a sheep going astray. I said it before. I wasn't a goat. I acted the goat. But he knew me from before the foundation of the world. I'm one of his sheep. And my calling and election is sure at the cross. What about you, friend? You see, the one who was on the throne high and lifted up in Isaiah chapter 6 is now the one high and lifted up on a cross. Jesus, Adonai himself, he said in the same chapter of our reading in John chapter 12 and verse 32, and I, if I be lifted up from off the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Notice, I will draw. You can't be saved. Do you know it's impossible for you to be saved? Just then, I'll wait till I die, and then as I'm dying, I'm going to say, Jesus, forgive me and save me. Hocus pocus. What about that? Eh? No. No man can come unto me except the Father which sent me to him. The Spirit of God must speak to your heart and draw you. Even the Shunammite. She sings unto the great Solomon. That is a picture of Christ and his redeemed. Song of Solomon 1 verse 4. Draw me. We all run after thee. I can't do it of myself. Draw me and I'll run after you, Lord. Everything is of him. There's no violence done to the human heart here. When Christ draws. I want to say it again. There's no violence to the human heart here, but rather there's an overwhelming recognition of need. When I didn't know the Lord, I didn't care whether there was a God or not. I didn't know if there was a God or not. I didn't think whether there was a God or not. And the old time, a little spark came to me. Maybe if there was a God, sure, I'm not a bad guy. And sure, you, you let everybody into this heaven that everybody talks about. But he didn't do violence to my heart. You know what he did? He showed me love and hope and grace in the midst of my troubles. There's no violence to the human heart here, but rather there's an overwhelming recognition of need. Inspiration of the mind, regeneration of the heart, the preparation of the human spirit to receive sovereign grace. The glorious vision of God with us, the final sacrificial lamb of Abraham's seed, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what draws us. It's a drawing by irresistible grace with meritorious mercy and a lavishing, unprecedented love. God does not save you, friend, against your will, but rather he makes you willing to be saved. He works on you and makes you willing. The cross was the throne to which he would draw all men to him. And in the words of Augustine, and I finish here, the cross was a pulpit in which Christ preached his love unto the world. He says, I love you. 
Isaiah sees him in his resurrection. Isaiah sees him as the indwelling spirit. Come to the waters, he says, and drink. Isaiah sees him as the coming king. And he witnesses of him. Can we worship him? Listen, I know the meeting is almost through, but I want Mark and Maria to come up and lead us in worship. Listen, well, and I know sometimes you'll go, don't forget the offering. Listen, we'll get the offering in a minute. Okay, let's focus on him. I'm more worried. I'm more concerned about him.